Hi everyone, I'm Suze and I'm joined by Claire and we're from R Plus Equine. Hopefully you've seen our new Facebook page. If you haven't, please do have a look. Um, and we just want to introduce to you what we have plans for our page um, and what we're all about. So Claire, do you want to start with what is R Plus Equine? Yeah, so um, me and Suze were um, having a chat and we were sort of sharing about how or just chatting about how on the internet things look so perfect and you can see like these amazing videos and it almost makes us feel a bit inadequate and um, I know for myself when I first started with horses I watched this girl and she was riding all free with no tack and it just looked absolutely beautiful you know and I, and I was just kind of like oh I wish I could be like that and um you know, I'd, at the time I'd be like, I, I don't even know where to start, you know, and I, and after I got the ability to even um, successfully fulfill that, you know, um, that ambition. Um, and so we were kind of chatting along these lines and just sort of saying, maybe we could start something that shows um, all the imperfections. We, we um, put out stuff that is completely honest um and um so that people can see that it's not a linear process it's not a perfect process but um things do go wrong because you know we're working with um real live animals um and um let's see see what happens yeah that's a really good good explanation i think it's quite scary to put ourselves out there without editing and showing the best bits i think hopefully people will appreciate that that it's a bit of a leap of faith um putting ourselves out there like that but I know when I started it looked so easy yeah. and I've <laughs> I've since learned that it's not easy um what's that Bob Bailey quote training training is simple but it's not easy um and the more I learn about it the more I realize that but also the more I learn, the more I can look back and think, okay, if I'd have done that differently, um, and that's the value of the videos, you can use them as feedback and you can look back and say, okay, that was, that didn't go to plan. What do I need to change to make it work rather than going, oh God, this is a disaster. I give up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, it's like you say, Suze, I think it's all well and good showing all the good stuff, but we like our heart really is to, show you guys the bad stuff and explain why it's not very good and then hopefully you don't make the same mistakes as we do um and if you do that's okay you know um it's just yeah it's just about being open and bearing all i guess <laughs> and um and showing that you know we might have qualifications we might have been working with horses for a fair amount of time but actually we mess up you know it was only yesterday that I got caught in the lunge lines as I was leading out and thank God a car wasn't coming around the corner. You know, it's all these things that people don't put online because they almost don't want to feel like embarrassed. And it, like, I think the online world is quite harsh, you know, and um, it's, you know, people can be quite nasty. And so hopefully we're going to just set the way and just say no just throw everything out there and the good and the bad and the ugly and um and that's okay it's fine you know because we all make mistakes we're I always say we're human not superhuman <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself 
Well, there is Spider-Man on your wall there, Suze. Suze's got a poster of Spider-Man in her bedroom. I'm not sure if it's her bedroom or her son's bedroom. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, woman in mine. (laughs) Yeah, so I think what's a really good place to to kind of go now is to just introduce ourselves. So um, maybe, Claire, if you'd like to just tell us how it all began for you and and where you've come from yeah so um like many of us probably I started out in um you know the traditional horsemanship I went to riding schools and um was taught to you know whack the horse with a whip and kick it on and pull it this way and pull it that way and the horse was there to fulfill my sort of needs and um that that was it really and then um when I was I think about 27, um, I got my own horse and it just changed everything for me. Um, I realized um, that she she had a voice of her own and um, we were on a traditional yard and it was it, it, tricky at times because everyone sort of, um, most people were um, either traditional or natural horsemanship. So I kind of went down the natural horsemanship route and realized um, it wasn't for us um, just by looking at Bella really through the process of that. And um, yeah, and then we, it was actually Bella who, who is my old mare. She's 27 now. um, She just kind of, pushed me in the direction of positive reinforcement training I didn't know that it was a thing but um she had major issues with graphing up and I tried everything she just you know we'd gone down the ulcers route and we tried the body work and all the rest of it um and she would get quite um stressed out when you do the graph up and often she would pull back and break the um baling twine and all the rest of it and then one day she broke the baling twine and just took herself off to this little patch of grass and started eating so I thought well I'll try and graph her up here while she's eating and I did it really slowly and she was totally fine no pin beers nothing um and then that was sort of I I just realized "Mm, there must be something in this you know and and so then um I started looking into positive reinforcement training and clicker training and um sort of went down that route then but what about you Suze? Well I started very similarly I had a very traditional route I left school um, and I worked in a riding school Um, I did a lot of BHS exams so I've um, done my stage four complete um, senior horsemanship coaching um, and I've also got my stable manager so I really did take the BHS um, route you know from the start really Um, and I don't regret any of it I think the BHS has a really important role to play in equestrianism and I think it is becoming more and more um uh, what's the word like holistic um and then I got a horse that I couldn't ride one side of despite at the time riding maybe I don't know five to six horses a day and I just bought this horse and I couldn't ride her I couldn't do anything with her um and I discovered ride with your mind which is um Mary Wandless it's rider biomechanics so I went down that route Um, I got qualified as a coach with the Ride With Your Mind. And I started to see that there's a different way of doing things. Um, Not kicking and pulling and shoving the horse about and making them do it. And the Ride With Your Mind use um, 
the equitation science, which is based on negative reinforcement, but you know, negative reinforcement done way. So again, it just opened up my eyes to a different way of doing things. And I thought I'd nailed it. I thought, right, I can do this, you know, started doing a lot more on the ground that I never did before. And then along came Millie. And Claire met Millie. Millie was a little coloured pony that I, I'd bought with a view to sell on. And after disappearing across fields and across the yard and into the sunset with a chiffney in her mouth, so force didn't work. Um, and then all sending my daughter into orbit, I thought there's got to be a different way of doing this. And she was, she'd used up all my tools in the toolkit. And that's when I picked up a clicker and picked up some food and, and thought, actually, this might work. Um, and then fortunately, quite quickly, I got Claire involved because I had no idea what I was doing. But that was basically where it came from. So I'm very much a crossover trainer. I've been doing positive reinforcement probably a couple of years now. Um, and I'm learning more and more all the time. I've gone down, um, I've done the NAC um, behavior course. I'm obsessed with learning. I've turned into complete geek about how horses and other animals and people learn. Um, so it's been a complete shift in, in everything that I've done. Um, it's been really tough, but I wouldn't change it at all. I love it, it's brilliant. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I should probably just say as well that um, I've done the same qualification as Sue's with the NH NAC NHS. I was going to say then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and um, um, yeah. So I've kind of gone down that route as well, and um, I do um, body work as well. So I trained as a body worker alongside because I think a lot of behavioural issues are pain related. So it kind of goes hand in hand. But um, yeah. But today we are going to. Um, so Sue's going to share. Um, what R plus is because we thought we best start at the beginning um so if you're kind of new to this um you can come and just start at the, the first podcast and just sort of go through methodically that that's our, what we're trying to do is just give you a bit of a methodical order not that it's linear with horses is it Sue's really but no. We're going to try and do our best um, and sort of think back to where we've come from with it and give you um, ideas what not to do and then, and what we wished we had done um, when we first got started. So Susan's just going to explain what R plus is because, well, what is R plus, Susan? Well, on a very, very basic level, positive reinforcement is about giving the animal or we're talking about horses obviously in this stage um something appetitive to encourage the behavior to happen again so very basically the horse for example walks on we give it some food and then hopefully it's more likely to want to walk on again that's the real basic now if it was that easy we i'd be amazing at it it's not <laughs> easy. <laughs> um, because um animals but obviously horses have their own um, ideas. They have their own past experiences. Um, the, the human isn't, we don't always have the best timing. Um, so I think we need to look at it from a very holistic view. So for me, R plus is things like setting up the environment to make um, the horse, you know, to encourage everything to run smoothly. Um, it's about, having a plan of action. So how are we gonna do this? And this is where we're hopefully gonna be able to show you how to do it better than maybe we did it. 
So um, having a, a very methodical way of doing things. Um, and what we're going to go on to shortly is about um, what, trying to understand the horse's body language and how they speak to us um, in very subtle ways. And we need to learn how to listen. Claire, would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, I'd just like to say, um, when we say appetitive, um, it basically means nice. So you're, you're giving the horse something nice. I think sometimes we, we fall into these um, sort of descriptions and that we may not like understand. We want to try and keep it as um, simple as possible for you. And, and we've been using these words for quite some time in um, just trying to think, oh, what does that even mean, you know? And um, so that's why I just wanted to come in, yeah, and just say it kind of, it just means you're adding something nice so that the, there's more possibility of the behavior repeating. Um, and yeah, I would say that is, it, like you said, Susan, it's, it's a holistic approach. I think um, for some people they say, oh, I've just done a bit of clicker training. Um, and um, for those people, I, I would say, um, it's kind of like an add-on to their toolbox, but I would say if you're a positive reinforcement trainer, you would take, like Sue said, you would take a, you tend to take a holistic approach. Would you agree with that, Sue? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's, for me, it's certainly changed my way of looking at things and changed my mindset. Um, I think it's important. What I've really learned is that horses and us, we're all, the, we're the same. We're always learning. So whatever the interaction is, there is some form of learning um, going on. Yeah. You know, whether it's going, just going in to groom your horse, you know, we're both learning all the time. Yeah. So I think it's important to realize that they can learn good, but they can also learn the not so good and the, the behaviors that we're trying to avoid. And it's, you know, what I hopefully we'll go into in a minute is what's reinforcing that behavior. So, you know, what why is the horse doing it and what's the horse gaining from whatever the behavior is that it's doing whether that be walking on when you tell it to walk on brilliant or running away from a spooky plastic bag so what's the horse getting out of it and what can we do to to help it yeah yeah agreed like we said don't do what we did um which was just go oh okay I'm going to try this clicker training pick up a clicker and just get on with it you know and, and try and then you have so many issues and problems along the way um so we're, we're telling you not to do that even though we did that <laughs> did you do that Suze oh yeah I did. <laughs> um because you do get issues along the way with just doing that because you think oh it's as simple as this you know and you know I, I've gone out to clients who um have done that and you know they they end up like accidentally um clicking the horse to like bite or kick and you know it it really can so easily go wrong um the place that we wished we'd started at is um by just um learning to improve our observational skills and learning how the horse speaks um so leave the clicker um, leave the training tools, leave, you know, everything else. Don't, don't try to do anything, but just go and sit with your horse in the field and watch your horse, watch how they interact with other horses. 
um, and watch how they they interact with you as well because I think um, that's a, a huge indicator of you know how how your horse feels about you does you know if you walk up to your horse in the field does your horse walk away you know um, what does that tell you about how the horse feels and that that can be quite hard to swallow sometimes you know if your horse walks away when you enter the field but I think watch how our horses are interacting with each other just sitting back um tells you a huge amount don't you agree Sue yeah yeah definitely in fact that's something I've been doing quite recently with one of mine who in training is he gets a bit frustrated and he pins his ears and um looking at him in his other interactions any horse that goes up to him he pins his ears ah that's Uh, interesting yeah and he is um he's quite submissive in the field it's not really the word but you know he would be the last one that got the hay um he would be the last one that got the water he's the one that gets chased off um quite a lot so I'm looking at hopefully see if I can find a way of changing his environment um in the field with his herd mates who he's well established with um, and see if that helps with the frustration and the ear pinning um in the training so you know looking sometimes looking not just at the symptom but also seeing if we can find what the cause is is really important yeah absolutely I agree with that yeah I think for a lot of people um and you know I've done it myself in the past is just oh my horse is doing this I need to fix what that behavior that is being displayed but actually (laughs) no let's look at why is the horse um presenting that behavior and and what can we do to change that you know and often it is as simple as just changing a few things in the environment a little while ago um my two oh bella my older mare she was just being awful to my younger mare um and i realized um because over the spring and summer they come in onto the yard for some hay um because the grass here is just too lush for them but um and I, what I realized is my husband was bringing Bella in and her her posture and her, just the way she was just completely changed as soon as he started to bring her in. Um, and then she would just go at my youngster and chase around the yard and just double barrel her and just um, tweaking like me bringing her in um, and then just having the, the yard set up before I got them in so that um they could just then go to their bucket feeds or go to their hay that was spread around and stuff just a couple of tiny tweaks and that just changed Bella's feelings completely you know so um yeah definitely just looking at the cause not not just the symptoms um and not getting cross with the symptoms as well you know because our horses are just displaying in the only way that they can um natural behaviors you know just like if we got cross we would maybe shout or whatever you know um that this is the only way our horse can speak you know so they use this their language to um try to communicate with us and with um their herd mates yeah so obviously when they're speaking to us i think we've all been taught if the ears are back then that's bad and the ears are forwards then that's good and if they're maybe swishing their tail that's not great but there's a lot more to that there's not lot sorry there's a lot more to it than that isn't there so what would you be looking out for so perhaps you walk up to the horse in the field 
what sort of signs are you looking at to see how that you know try and understand what's going on so there's some really good resources out there to help us um to learn um the body language but i'm not really answering the question am i um <laughs> let me say yeah no, if, if, if i walked up to my horse and um you know often with tari she'll the other day i i've been taking her out every day and she just loves walking the moor and um i went out to my car actually um and i just looked up at the field and she she was right at the top bella was stood over her. she was lied down having a little sleep and i thought i'm not going to shout because she just looked really comfy up there and i got in my car and to turn around i have to turn into the gateway and it was so funny i was just like la 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 turning my car around and looked up and she's bounding down she saw me and she's just so um you know happy she has such positive associations with what we're doing at the moment um she comes you know bounding down you know her ears are forward she's sort of stood upright and she's you know you can almost see her smiling which sounds a bit ridiculous but um but then there was a season where she was not feeling great and she had a fall in the field and um, I was gently trying to do some like rehab, some gentle rehab with her. And she, you know, that meant ow, you know, and that meant this, this, you know, she, she likes to be out and about. She's a horse that likes to be walking the more. She likes to be seen and doing um, sort of doing in hand work isn't, um, really something that she really enjoys so that was it you know she would just her ears would be pinned back she'd walk off you know she'd present her bum which are you know quite big signals um in saying you know I don't want you near me I don't I don't want to do what we've been doing you know and again it's it's um it's what it's it's the consequence of me you know coming into the field or me presenting myself and she knows that that what is going to happen is um or what comes next and and her feelings towards that um she makes very clear in both situations you know um so yeah for her we've just kind of gone okay let's we'll do a little bit of in-hand work but I know you like going out and and let's do 90% of just going out and walking the moor you know um to try and change up how she feels about things what the more subtle because there's been quite a lot recently hasn't there about um sort of pain ethograms um you know people have been doing quite a lot of research about horses facial expressions and um body language and posture um so if you not met a horse before and you approached it for example in the field or in the stable what would you be looking out for so it's a horse you don't know what would you be looking out for to kind of guess make an, an educated guess on how he feels about you approaching yeah i a good question um so things like um what's the eyes showing um sometimes they can get quite tight facial muscles um the nostrils flare um even just a shift in weight uh, away from you or the turning of the head away from you um is you know they're they're all sort of signs that the horse is you know not entirely happy with you being there um but i think it's important to say that 
a lot of the things we're talking about has to be sort of taken in context. So for instance, um, let's think, the cocking of the leg. So the, the cocking of the hind leg, um, so if the horse's head is high and the nostrils are flared and the whites of the eyes are showing and, and the body is all tense, then that I uh, for myself I always just think oh great look how relaxed the horse is the back legs cocked you know and actually if all of the things that I've just described is happening then the horse isn't relaxed you know the horse is in flight mode it, it's kind of thinking should I stay or should I go um, and you know whereas if the horse is relaxed you, you'd find that the neck would be low um, the eyes would be kind of soft um and you know they might look a bit sleepy the the bottom lip might be nice and floppy and that cocked back leg is just like they're resting that leg you know and they're kind of just chilled out and you know that's often what I'll see if I'm doing body work you know is just that kind of zoned out kind of physique um so it's it's all about context um, and looking at the horse as a whole, not just taking, oh gosh, you know, that ear there is back, you know, that horse must be in a, in a right mood or whatever, you know, it's, it's um, not, not just, you just have to think, well, how is the whole horse looking here in this situation? Yeah, I think another important thing is to get to know your own individual horse or horses, isn't it? Because they are all different and they might show signs differently. So if you know what's normal for your horse, um, then you're more likely to spot when he's feeling a little bit stressed or a little bit worried or, or you know, the opposite, or you might be feeling a bit excited. So when you, you know, getting to know your horse and his own way of speaking will help you as you go down this positive reinforcement route. Yeah. Can you give us an example of that then, Suze, with your own horses? So we got Harry and he came to us as... Um, for my daughter to ride um, and he he's turned out to be quite handful he was I think he was raised very traditionally and this is no disrespect to his previous owners but it didn't suit Harry um, he hadn't lived in a herd so he he kind of had very little still has <laughs> very little social skills with other horses with people um, and he is a tank he's a big chunky cob um, and he just used to throw his weight around so he'd experienced a lot of punishment but again I'm not being disrespectful to his previous owners because I can see why if I didn't have the tools I've got now and I'm still learning he's really taught me a lot um I would have had to do the same thing I don't you know I I want it to be really tell people that you can only do what you can do with the knowledge you've got um, so Harry, ha he would throw his weight around, he would rear up, he would barge you over his favourite trick, which he still does now if he's frustrated, as he will bosh me with his nose. He doesn't bite, but he will just bosh me across the stable with his nose. If I'm not quick enough or I'm not reading the signs, then that's his favourite trick. Um, so um, with him, I think it would be very easy to think, oh, he's he's very confident and he's very assertive and he's you know he he knows his thing you know if I put a tarpaulin on the floor he'd be the first one on it 
but he his kind of sign is he gets very tight around his eyes his eyes go quite triangular and mm. and he'll sort of look a little bit hesitant in his ears his ears will be tight and his chin will be tight but on the outside looking at him you just think he's being a thug and he's like I'm the big I am but he's not he's actually quite a sensitive little soul um and he's he's almost learned to fight back he fights fire with fire and I'm he's taught me an awful lot but he has been one of my greatest teachers because what he's what he looks like and what I think is actually going on under the surface are two very different things it's interesting that you say that Suze because I find um with a lot of the the big built horses or the um you know just like the the horses that make good height or quite muscular and stuff um that they, they tend to get rushed on a bit in their training um and then sort of pieces of the puzzle are missing in their training and then they they either become anxious mess messes or like um like you said you know just quite bolshy and it and at the root of that is just fear really and um a lack of confidence yeah definitely um, not confident he's yeah. he, but he's really not yeah and I think just as us people we think oh they're big and strong you know that they can get on with it you know and um it does yeah that it's just a lack of sort of setting them up for success in their earlier years or whatever you know and um, I've, I see that a lot I see that a lot with the big horses yeah and, and you can't yeah. use with Harry because he's so now if I was to use pressure with him I'd have to use a hell of a lot of pressure right if that makes sense so I couldn't just you know if I was gonna use negative reinforcement it would have to escalate to a point that you know I certainly wouldn't want to go to but because he's learned to push through pressure you know and he's a I'm only little and he's a big boy and yeah. he'll just go on he's taken off across the fields and rearing was a big issue um so we're it, it's been a slow slow progress but I'm learning so much from him no that's good I think there's always you know every horse we have um or every horse we you know come into contact with um teaches us something don't they yeah definitely yeah, I've uh, going back to um, you know the the sort of body language with the individual horse. I, I was just saying to you just a minute ago before we started this podcast. Um, Amber, she's um, an interesting one. Um, so like she ha she paws a lot, like paws the ground, and mm -hmm. um, that's just her go to um, generally. Like she may not be way way over threshold, but. Um, pawing is considered quite a big, um, strong body language, you know, um, a, a stress sort of a horse being quite stressed if they're pawing. But for her, it's just her go to. And I think she's done it over the years so many times, you know, she can be a tiny. I, I know I can't call how much stress she's experiencing, but it is, you know, she she might be OK and you don't see much from her and but then she'll just suddenly start pawing you know and for her I know that that's something to take note of you know like that 
she is a, a bit stressed there, but it's not like, oh my goodness, she's way over threshold here. So it's just what you were saying about it being, you know, knowing the individual horse that you're working with and knowing their behaviors, um, the, the common signals that they sort of exhibit. Um, and yeah, just know, sorry, go ahead. Do you think with um, Amber that the pouring has become almost self-reinforcing? For yeah. Her? Yeah, definitely. Bit biting, box walking. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's a almost habitual. Yeah, yeah. I think I also I'm going to pull you up like you pulled me up earlier. What do you mean by over threshold? Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess how can I explain this? Um, there's a point that we all get to as humans as animals where um we've had enough and we blow up i guess so i'll take my husband um so my son taps quite a lot he just does this tapping and he'll tap his foot and he'll tap his leg like he's drumming or whatever and um like you can watch my husband with his body language he'll he'll shuffle in his chair a little bit you know and um and then he'll just sort of like be looking at him or just blink a bit more or just you can see the agitation in him rising and then suddenly I just go oh no 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 you know and um it just it just to slowly watch the stress um of this certain behavior that just seems to get to my husband rise you know and 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 then he he sort of goes over the edge and it's the same with horses they'll show all these subtle signs you know like um slow blinking um you might see a little yawn or a liquor or a chew or you, you might see the whites of their eyes and that's their way of saying I'm struggling with this a bit you know can you can you help me here um and then you know there might be a bit more where you know that they, they maybe bite biting your coat or that's what one thing that Tari might do is she'll just grab a hold of my coat like um or um you might see them quickly eating grass like you know that they snatch in the grass um and then uh the, the tail is clamped um and then you know that then you'll see those big behaviors that's kind of like the next stage so you know um i've said before some of my clients say to me oh it's like they've gone from naught to 100 just like that and yes these um behaviors the stages of these thresholds can go quite quickly but often um it's you know we'll see the smaller behaviors before we get to the point where the horse is kicking or bucking or bolting or whatever um so yeah there's there's just um like us for the horse there's little signals that we give off before we then explode um and that's what i would say is going over threshold or you know maybe maybe they go over threshold before they explode you know there's it's just finding the line yeah. for your horse uh, is is fairly um is like a spectrum isn't it yeah so it yeah you know they that's wouldn't necessarily it. cross the the middle and then go yeah so i yeah. know for harry that his sign that he's getting close is um well, the first sign is he start kind of barging into me and he'll push on me. 
um, and he'll he won't stop he'll spin around in front of me um when I know I've got a really be careful is if he tosses his head so right. his head used to be followed by uh, I'm gonna either rear up or disappear across the field now and nothing you can do will stop me so now it happens very rarely but you know when it does happen I'm like okay what do we need to do so I might go back it normally happens when I'm turning him out in the field um so I might just stand for a bit or I might just go back so I'm closer to the others I have to turn him out on his own because I can't lead him with another horse at the moment so he's not too keen on that um but it is a situation that I can't avoid otherwise he'd be stuck in the stable all, all the time so and I think just being able to read his kind of levels of anxiety has made something as simple as turning out in the field much easier whereas it was probably the most stressful part of my day before yeah no that's good and I think um there are some really good resources out there like you you mentioned the um study there's a real recent study actually that um Dr Sue McDonnell has just done about equine discomfort and horses in pain um I'll put the link um up with this podcast but there's also a really good book by Rachel Drasmer called Common Signals and oh hang on let me get it I think language signs and calming yeah that's it language signs and calming signals yeah that's a really 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 good book to um look at the these are two really brilliant resources to kind of get your eye in so you know sit down Uh, uh, Rachel's book is really um user-friendly it's really easy to read and one of those books that you, you can just dip in and out um and you can um yeah just just sit down with that read it and sit down with your horses sit even better sit in the field with your horse and the book and at the same time you can be looking at the book looking at your horse and um just learn what your horse is saying um another really good book is um about herd dynamics and and horses um in the wild is um horses in company by lucy rees um kind of dispels the um sort of dominance theory and the the theory that you know it the hierarchy of the horse is linear and things like that that's really another good read um but yeah I'm just trying to think if there's anything else we I think that's cover I think that's enough to keep get us started yeah so yeah okay good (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to edit this out the awkward silence at the end (laughs) super critical if we edit it out (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) actually I just want to quickly say um is one of the things that I believe when a horse rolled in front of me, that was like, oh, the most amazing thing, you know. But there is um, a difference between um, a roll that is just like a, a kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm chilled out here. And, and a role that is like a stress behavior. Um, if they go down quickly and get back up again, then that's another thing to look for after your training sessions. watch what the horse does when when you let them um we are which something that we'll cover is um you know the horse should be free to come and go um but yeah once you decide that training is done 
watch your horse go back out to the field with its herd mates or whatever and and see see what he does because if he gets down and gets back up really quickly after a roll and doesn't roll all the way over um then you know that's just something to bear in mind and I think with all these things um all the behaviors we describe it's not like oh my gosh my horse is doing the slow blinking oh my gosh my horse is you know the whites of the eyes is showing oh I better stop now you know it's um I think there's a fine line it's a real balance isn't it Suze between you know um it th- this behavior is okay and I'm going to clock this behavior um and then oh we need to stop and we need to listen to the horse because the horse is clearly unhappy with this I think I think, those- think it's tra- as um feedback and yes you yeah. know I think since we've been doing more videoing that has been really useful because yeah. a lot of the time you don't see things that are happening in the moment that you look back on the video and you see oh yeah you know he he got a bit tense there or he pinned his ears there what was I doing what did I do before and what did I do after so you know I think we're all guilty going oh my god I'm terrible this is a disaster I might as well give up but you know if you can just think okay that's happened what can I do differently to avoid it happening again yeah yeah definitely I don't know you may have saw seen um the the video I put up of Amber the other day um of kind of the I was trying to help her to hold her leg up for duration and I look back on that now and think I asked her once and she was kind of like okay I asked her twice and she was like "Mm, not sure about that and then she offered the leg again so I went in again but actually what I should have done is stop there and gone backwards there you know rather than gone round three times you know um I should have stopped at the two and um got backwards and and then we got the leg lift but I think yeah like you say that the filming yourself is such an invaluable tool to yeah. just look at and, and really is. Be able to cr- critique yourself and even just you know if you've got people that you know um that are just a little bit further along than you in this journey um you know as just buddy up with someone I think um, and just say look could you look over this and I'll I'll look over yours because we're all on a learning journey and, and we all get certain things quicker than others you know and there are some areas that we get there quicker than others and and some areas where we get there slower than others so I think if if you can buddy up with someone um, who has a real heart for you who isn't gonna like critique you and put you down and um make you feel complete rubbish um you know then that's that's a really good um sort of way to go as yeah. well yeah i agree so i think we've probably covered enough now claire do you think yeah i agree yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it useful. Please do like our Facebook page if you haven't already. And please be nice to us when we bear all in our videos. 